Welcome to TA1, everything you want to know about adventure racing and then some. I'm your host, the legendary Randy Erickson, and uh, before we get too far in, I want to thank everybody that uh, said something for my dad, died last uh, Saturday. Um, it was hard, but it's, uh, you know, it's okay, so thanks to everybody. Um, without him... You wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't be doing this probably because he taught me to, uh, if you're going to do something, do it right, go big, go home, uh, in his own little way. So thanks everybody. Um, on a better note, today's guest is Doug Kreitzer, um, race director, racer, um, all around pretty good guy. We talk about the North American Adventure Race Series, um, what maybe it'll become what he wants it to be, um, his early days of racing, um, some of the stuff that's going to be coming up uh, with the uh, North American Championships in North Dakota. So, pretty good one, I think. So, um, been a little slack with the podcast, sorry about that. With uh, travel and being in Tahoe and just a lot of stuff, it was hard to um, hook up with people and get stuff done, but... Um, just for the information, I think I got almost the next month's already ready to go. So you won't be without your fix. So I think that means you should go to iTunes and, uh, give me a, give me a like on iTunes and, or, uh, podomatic.com. Just look for adventure race world and, and do that. Um, oh yeah, there is some big news. I'm going to Ecuador for the world championships to cover that. Um, but I'm still looking if anybody, if your team uh, wants to uh, hire me to follow you around and make you look heroic, um, I'm up for that. So just hit me up. Yeah. If you can't get a hold of me, then you probably don't want me anyway. But so. And the last thing is today's music is by the New Orleans Suspects, whose lead guitarist, Jake Eckert, is Paulette's cousin's kid. You know, you're not really a kid, but uh, they're a really good band out of, obviously, New Orleans. And uh, give them a listen, and there will be a link to their music in the show notes. So um, enjoy this episode, and we'll see you next week. Well, Randy. Hey, Doug. How are you? Good. Good. How are you, sir? I am actually doing really well. Good. I, I uh just got an email and I'm going going to Worlds. Nice man, good. Yeah. So. And what do you be doing down there? Will you be skyping, filming, a little bit of everything? Little of everything. Probably doing a lot of stuff like uh, for Breathe. Yeah. So, um, and actually, Lewis is coming down. Nice. And I think Joel actually might be coming too. I've been talking to Joel a lot. We did a big article. I shouldn't say we. Yeah. Julia wrote a big article for the Maya Mountain Adventure Challenge. Uh-huh. Do they not print on a regular schedule? No. <laughs> so That makes it kind of hard, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think he's trying to do four a year. Yeah. So um I want to help him sell the dang thing, but it's kind of hard to sell it if you can't can't. Know what? It, know that it's going to be regular. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So, but, but I, uh, I definitely think with the NARS, we could help get the word out about it for sure. Yeah, I think it it, it needs to go. So, um, and just so you know, and we're recording, so this is this is the podcast part of the conversation. Okay. So, and then we, if we want to, we can talk about it. We can talk about the secret double probation stuff later. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so. Tell people who you are that may not know, if that is possible. That I mean, nobody knows uh, you. <laughs> yeah, my name's Doug Kreitzer. I'm a, I'm a guy a lot like you. I'm a backwoodsman and adventurer and uh, former Army, Army guy and been adventure racing for 18 years, been producing for 15 years. And uh, 
couple years ago, my new partner, Ashley Reefer, came up with the concept of launching the North American Adventure Racing Series, and it's been pedals, pedal to the metal ever since. So, so how did, you know, okay, you've been in it for 18 years. That's, that's kind of the early days. How did you get started adventure racing? I was, uh, you know, being an Army guy, I got to go to jungle school. I got to, in Panama, the mountaineering school in Alaska. You know, I grew up fairly adventurous as a child you know my my family rodeoed we lived on a farm and my father encouraged us to to explore and to uh and to have fun with that exploration to take chances and it was just always kind of in my blood and uh while I was still in the military uh I was sitting at home one Sunday afternoon I'd been out for a mountain bike ride I followed out with a little trail run and I was sitting at home and I think it was on NBC Sports. I, I was watching this this uh, race called uh, the Raid Galois, yeah. and uh, you know one of the one of the premier events back in the day. And uh, I had not had any exposure to adventure racing, didn't even know it existed. And literally at the end of that TV show, uh, a buddy of mine, uh, Bobby Lofner, who was in the Special Forces, called me and he said, "Hey, Doug, what are you doing?" I said, "You're not going to believe us." I just watched this crazy race on TV. He said, so did I. We're doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it wasn't much longer, probably around a year or so later, that we won one of the high-tech adventure races. Yeah. And then the very next year, we took – or the very next race, uh, we took second place. And then at Nationals, we took fourth or fifth. And pretty soon, we got a call from a company out of California called Fog Dog Sports. And uh, they signed us to a three-year sponsorship, and now we were traveling, you know, throughout North America, racing, getting paid to race, and uh, you know that's how I, I met the Danelle Ballinger and and Mike Closers and those people. I met mm -hmm. them at the the Balance Bar, what what became the Balance Bar twenty-four hour series. Yeah. So, so okay, I just I this is apparently is podcast day because I just got done talking with Tom Gibbs. And he was doing Eco Challenge a year after he first saw saw an adventure race on TV. Yeah. So you were kind of the same way. Are adventure racers nuts like that? I mean, you see it, and like within a year, you're you're doing it at you know basically a world class level. You know, I think that I think that, and that's why it was important to me to produce Expedition Adventure because. Obviously, through that medium of TV, that was my first visual mm -hmm. uh, experience with adventure racing. And that's what drew me to the sport. Now, it's been a long time since we had anything on TV. Yeah. And I, I kind of felt like if I was serious, if I was dedicated to growing this sport, which I am, uh, then I had to get it in that medium. And it had to be for the for the broader audience because – Making that visual connection is what got my heart racing, Randy. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm -hmm. I yeah. was staying on the couch with my feet up, and I knew I was going to be racing. Yeah. So making – and that all happened through the medium of TV. So that's why, uh, as I said, it was important for me to – through the North American Adventure Racing Series to do Expedition Adventure. And now we've, you know, we know for a fact that the Maya Mountain Adventure Challenge has been picked up. And we're looking at much greater distribution for that. So it's very exciting. Hopefully, I can share that first experience that I had with other people. Yeah. yeah. And that we can bring the quality athletes into our sport, uh, like the Denells, you know, like the Toby Angos, you know, like the Kristen Eddies. And there's so many of them yeah. right now, uh, just top-notch athletes, that if they were in any of the other endurance sports, they'd probably be dominating them. So, so um, tell, me, tell us a little bit about the show. Uh, and, and and don't worry, we'll get back to the. I don't know if you've listened to many of the podcasts, but you know they're pretty ADD. Yeah, sure. that's okay. <laughs> so, I'm right there with you, buddy. So, yeah. So so let's talk about the show a little bit. What you know, what you did, where it's at, how it's been perceived, and which and, which show are we talking about? Are we the, talking about Expedition Adventure? Or are we yeah. Talking about, yeah. So that was the first one, right? So I yeah. felt that for the East Coast Adventure Racing Series, which we launched about five years ago, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. I felt that in order, you know, that was a hard time for sponsorship because in 2008, the market crashed. Mm 
things weren't good. Yeah. Sponsors tighten their wallets, right? Yep. So how do I get, you know, $50,000 in gear every year to distribute to all these great race organizations like Goals, like Naira, like Odyssey, you know, all the mm -hmm. way up to Untamed, Alta Gold Rush, Expedition Idaho, every major race, uh, Cowboy Tough, every major race in the country was part of the Nara series. Yeah. How do I get them the sponsorship material wise to really sustain the e-cars and then evolve it into the NARS. For me, it was buy a couple of cameras, shoot some video, you know, get their stuff, get their tape up online of their great products, you know, yeah. and uh, it's worked for us, right? Yep. But, but what happened was that we were shooting so much film of that e-car series like four years ago that we realized we probably had enough film to do it a show yeah and not only did we do a show but we did a 90 minute which is hard to do and uh it's really hard to do the good thing was is that we had a lot of individual tape from the team that was then team sog that had won the 2011 national championship right yeah, yeah. so uh we started looking at this tape and 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 my my editor who works for gnarly crew media who works in-house at american adventure sports zach skull he's like we got something here and sure enough nbc universal sports network picked it up and uh we're looking at actually further distribution for that right now so i'm excited about that because not only does it introduce the sport to people but it really helps you relate when you see you know the scott plebens the brian mares the toby angos and the Kristen ed uh, Kristen Eddie's and the Julia Pollock's, you know, these are people who are your friends who, you know, and oh, oh by the way, they're kick-ass, really tough athletes. Right. Yeah. And, uh, so it was just kind of a, a, a forced evolution, um, to keep sponsors going. It was, a, it was a very different thing with the Maya Mountain Adventure Challenge. That was, this is exceptional. This is brand new. This is big. And we can capture this, you know. So it wasn't it wasn't an accident with the Maya, and you'll see that when you see the film from Belize. It wasn't an accident; it was a mission, if you will. Okay. Yeah. So here's. Um, I don't know exactly how I want to put this, but a lot of people say TV is dead. But do you think that TV is the only format where somebody will watch more than three minutes of video? Yeah, it's it's hard. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because it has to be about storytelling, right? Yeah. Yep. I mean, people like uh, people like to watch TV. TV is not dead by a long shot. If if it were, it wouldn't be a hundred billion dollar industry, right? <laughs> That's true. But uh, so if it's dead, I'd like to be dead myself. You know. <laughs> but uh, you know what? Here's the thing: if you have a good story, people want to watch it. They want to hear it. If it's well told. Yeah. So the first time I tried to cut. A one-hour film, which is actually like 54 minutes, right? Yeah. Uh, I was trying to tell a story just about adventure racing. Guess what? They're not interested, man. Nobody is. Nobody yeah. at the networks is. Nobody. So uh, I was lucky to have people in the industry that could coach me and help me along the way. And that made a very big difference because what I really learned is they want a, a human interest story. So that's why we, we told the story of adventure racing through – Team Sog's eyes, right? Yeah. And then we took you into their homes, into their kitchens. You met their families. And uh, that's when, heck, if, if we just launched that as a 60-minute, it would have been a big deal. But then we got it picked up as a 90-minute show. That was really awesome. And the feedback that I got from Adventure Racers really, really made me not only proud of what we had accomplished, but excited about what we could accomplish. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, that's what it is. It just, you know, it's like uh, a little bit of mountain biking goes a long way when you're watching it. But if you can, you can tell about the person riding it. Yeah, that's what that's what you need. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you watch the Hawaiian Ironman on TV, how much of it is racing? Yeah, exactly. You Which, know, it's about it's about the father pushing his handicapped son through that race course. Yeah, and that's what I want to watch too. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I. Uh, I like really good athletes going really fast across the wilderness. It's fun to watch. Yeah. But I'm more interested in why they're the way they are and how they're the way they are. 
Yeah, exactly. So I mean, you look at Danelle's story. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? That's, yeah. it's incredible. Not only not only was she one of the best racers, period. Uh, it's an incredible human story, her story of survival yeah. and recovery, and it's just so empowering. And I raced against, I raced head to head. Well, no, actually, it was face to bum because she was always in front of me. <laughs> um, but you know what? Team Team Fogdog was a pretty darn good team. Yeah. And we were ranked in the top five in the country for years and years. And you know what? I don't think I ever beat that girl, man. She was just too fast and too strong and too motivated. Uh, but what, but a lot of people don't know is the Danelle off the course, you know, what a great human being she is and what a sweet person she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's really attractive to me as an adventure racer, man. I mean, a lot of these people are such amazing human beings. And uh, that's, you know... That's something that really I, I take a lot of energy from. When you're trying to do what we're trying to do with the NARS, there are a lot of rough days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, you understand that. A lot of emails that are like, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's just a lot of, you know. Uh, but if if the sport is going to grow, you yeah. know, there's an old saying, if you always do what you always done, you always get what you always got. And that's where adventure racing has been for the past decade, yeah. in, my, in my opinion. And I know a lot of people that agree with me. No, I, I mean, you know, I've really, my involvement with adventure racing started in 09 when Primal Quest was here in the Black Hills, Badlands. Yeah. Um, but I, I see where, I mean, I've seen a huge difference just in that little bit of time, just in coverage. And, um, yeah. you know, when I did Primal Quest, I shot it, you know, did a two hour DVD and, you know, actually people wanted it and watched it. You couldn't give it away now yeah i mean you know they want they want the daily stuff they want right know, quick little hits and uh right and i think you really have a lot of it with the with the social media aspect yeah. of what you do i think people want accessibility and they want it fast yeah you know and that's good that's good for our sport yeah. now what we have to do is we have to get more people doing what you're doing as a catalyst to that yeah because people want regular information yeah they really do yeah and uh, you know, and you know, in a macro and a microwave micro level, that's what I think I'm trying to accomplish with with the podcast is is so people get to know, you know, specific people, but also kind of the general. Uh, this is the kind of person that does it, which is not being a, a kind. Yeah, anymore. <laughs> there's a lot of different people coming from oh, different backgrounds. Are you kidding me? Really, man? It's it's amazing the diversity yeah. in our sport. So, you know, yeah. I mean, from you know, from uh, librarians to stay-at-home dads to nuclear engineers. I mean, we yeah. have we have all we have the full gamut yep. of yeah. people, and it's and again that makes it interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd like to I'd like to help you. I think that I can definitely help you spread the word about what you're do- doing more because I think um, a lot of people would be interested to learn these different people and their personalities and what, yeah. what makes them tick. Yeah. And, and for me, what I found is a uh, podcast is a good medium for it because people don't have to sit and listen to it. You know, a lot of people I, at cowboy tough, there was probably, I talked to a dozen people that said they loaded them all and they listened to them on their trip getting there. For oh, that's awesome. Motivation. So yeah, like, that's a great idea. Yeah. So, um, okay. So, You've been racing for see this is the ADD part now we go yeah. back to you. <laughs> so you were you say so you raced 3 years and then you started producing races is basically what you said. Yeah, pretty quick. You know, like we were very fortunate to get picked up and signed by Fog Dog as as young as we were. Yeah. Young to the sport. Yeah. And uh to have that opportunity to race at that level and to have it financed and to be paid for doing well and to be outfitted with the best gear. That's I want to see that again. You remember those days with the balance bars and the, and the team Red Bulls and team high techs and Solomons. And yeah. I mean, there was a lot going on in the sport. Uh, and I think that can happen. You know, I, I definitely do. Uh, but uh, yeah, three years and I started producing. I produced my first adventure race and, and I knew it was something that I would be involved in for a long time. Yeah. So where was, where was your first race that you produced? It was in Western Pennsylvania. It was a little, uh, 
uh, Boy Scout camp called Yellow Creek State Park. And uh, it was, my first one was like a 30 mile or something like that. Yeah. But it was fun. It was a good time. So, all right, here's, here's, maybe you don't want to answer this, but you, you have to. What's the biggest mistake you ever made organizing a race? That's a good question. <laughs> There's been so many, Randy. Where do I start? You know? Uh, you know what? Here, my, my thing, my, one of my mantras for life is that if, if, you're, if you're not living, you're not making mistakes. And if yeah. you're not making mistakes, you're not learning. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, nothing that I'd be too hard on myself for. Yeah. Uh, I think that if I had a regret as a, as a race director, yeah. I think that the planning wall, unintentional for the uh, USERA championship a few years ago uh, that I produced probably affected the outcome for then Team Technu. And if I'd have been a little more thoughtful, I probably could have avoided that. So it bothered me that a decision that I made as a race director during the course probably affected Tech News and result. Yeah. And that's probably of all the mistakes I've ever made, the one that I regret, regret the most. Uh, well, I, I can see that because that was a specific cause and effect, it sounds yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay, what's your, you know, to be fair, what was your best moment producing races? Best race, best. It's got to be a moment that you just remember thinking, yeah, this is this is why I put up with all the crap. You know, it would probably have to be Belize this past February. Yeah. Um, a lot of years ago, it's not easy to do that in a third world country. Yeah, I can believe that. And we had to really work hard for several years. Julia Pollock, the race director, and myself, the producer, we had to work hard for several year, years to build relationships. And that takes time yeah. in an environment like that where you have to earn trust. You know, you don't just go in there and say, hey, we're special. We're going to do this and we're going to do that. And you're going to love it. It wasn't like that at all. It was brick and mortar, one day at a time, one conversation at a time, uh, earning respect, earning trust. And, you know, building up a, a race course there, which had never been done in very challenging uh, circumstances, that was a hell of a good race course. I mean, we brought that thing in on time. Julia could have told you within an, in an hour when the lead teams were going to be where. where. That is so hard to do. Yeah. And uh, kept track of everybody. The racers did a really good job of managing their safety, which they're responsible for. And uh, just really proud. The conversations that I've had today about the Maya Mountain Adventure Challenge and the number of racers that weren't there that are going to be there in 2016 uh you know talking with the folks from the ar world series they they they'd be proud to have us be a part of that series so many things that have happened in the last week you know revolving around the maya mountain adventure challenge are what make make it my most uh proud moment mostly because of rafael manzanero and the rangers from the friends of conservation development mostly that we're having a positive effect on their mission and that that positive effect is going to continue to grow. I talked with Raphael today and we're moving and shaking, man. And we got plans and we're going to help get it from 10 Rangers to 20 Rangers to 50 Rangers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. That matters. That matters. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, in a, it's kind of a bigger, bigger thing that, that like Grant does it untamed with there's conservation projects it's yeah just on a on a larger scale so yeah and he's done a great job he's a hell of a race race director he is and uh he's done a great job man and you know yeah. I'd like to help him get some more exposure as well you know I'm excited about Andy Magnus up there in in, in the Badlands for yeah. the Norris Championship this year that's going to be a unique platform man it's beautiful up there so. And uh, I understand why a lot more people aren't coming, you know. Uh, it's a long ways for some people to travel. They like they like to be able to make the easy trip on a weekend. But I'll tell you what, for those folks that are coming, they're going to get one hell of a race course, and, and they're going to remember it forever. Yeah, it's a, a unique area, and I think it's going to be a lot harder than people are thinking. Oh, sure. Because they're thinking North Dakota, you know, they're – 
there's nothing there. There's no hills. There's no nothing. Yeah, so we got some hills where we're gonna be. Yeah, I mean that was the that happened at Primal Quest here in South Dakota. People thought, oh, the Black Hills, huh, no big deal. Yeah, and it it reached up and kicked them in the ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's, there's there's plenty of plenty of hills there. But um, so how did just out of curiosity and because theoretically my job here is to ask you questions, um, how how did that race come to be out in the middle of nowhere in North Dakota? Is, was it like, did you approach Andy or did he come to you or just, we you know? kind of like bumped heads, man. Right. And, uh, I dig that guy's energy, you know, yeah. he's got a lot of positivity, man. And he's a very, very thoughtful person. And I, you know, I really am at a point in my life where I have to be around positive people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Life's too short. Don't waste your time with negativity. Toss that out the window. You know what I mean? So meeting Andy really got me excited. And then, you know, doing my, my due diligence and doing research on the area, I'm like, you know, I don't want to be normal. Mm-hmm. And I don't want the NARS to be normal. And I don't want to do normal things. Mm-hmm. I want to do what's different. You know, our first championship was in Belize, for Christ's sake. Yeah. You know? Uh, a, lot of good ranger, a lot of good racers up in Canada, oh, by the way. Why not have a North American in series? So I, I've really, I'm really trying to be true to what I believe AR is. Mm-hmm. And uh, Andy's the perfect guy, man. I'll, I'll go back up there in five or six years too because there's so much up there, you yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, and he's certainly earning it. He's doing the work, and uh, you know we don't have the number of teams that Usura has, but I'll tell you what, we got some exciting teams coming, and uh, we got a little film budget, and I'm excited to see what we do with that, and yeah. you know, you know how this race pans out, you know. Yeah, yeah I, I think it. Uh... It's going to surprise people. So. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Yep. And, you know, that race being in North Dakota goes with my, uh, I call it the yoga slackers philosophy. Yeah. If you ever see somebody doing it completely different than anybody else in a race, it's usually yoga slackers. Yeah. <laughs> so it I'll makes sense. <laughs> I got to watch them race in Belize. They won that championship, yeah. you know. And... uh I've seen a lot of great racers, you know what I mean? I used to race head-to-head with a lot of solid, really high-level athletes. Mm-hmm. And uh, on a regular, like, we raced every, you know, every two or three weeks. And I have, that is one of the best managed, technically strategic races I've ever seen a team run. Yeah. They hammered this first two days without any sleep, and I mean hammered. And understanding that getting through that jungle track and beating that dark zone for the river was yeah. key. Yeah. And yeah. It, was, it was a race. And, you know, uh, Odyssey also, they raced a hell of a race, as did Naira. Uh, but Yoga Slackers was fast for 200 miles. Fast. Yeah. yeah. So, well, just a quick plug here. In case anybody hasn't heard it, they should go back and listen to the podcast with Andy because – Quite honestly, I think it's one of the better ones. <laughs> oh, cool. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go listen to it. Yeah, he, um, well, I mean, you know the kind of person he is, and he right. actually, the stuff he talked about, and it's just just really interesting. Like, um, just as an example, he talks about racing with his brother. Yeah. Because you know, he's a drop-in on Yoga Slackers. Right. But it's his twin brother, and he yeah. says it's, it's really strange. Yeah, so. yeah, that would be an interesting dynamic. Just yeah. seeing the two of them uh, talking about strategies before the Belize race was really fun for me as a race yeah. producer. You know, uh, they're very, they're very fluid thinkers, mm-hmm. both of them, and I like people like that. They're interesting for me, and they make it fun for me. Yeah. So, so where do you? What's your goal for Nars? And you know, what's your five-year goal? Five years from now, I hope somebody else is running the NARS. <laughs> okay, well, let's say, okay, the, I'll come back to this. Um, I, I, will, I will give you some breaking news on it, though, brother. Okay, let's bring it. Yeah. Did it, did it, did we're, did go, it. we're going nonprofit, and yeah. our sport needs that. If you look at the evolution of USA Triathlon, USA Cycling, USA mm-hmm. Nordic, USA Anything, uh, USA running until yeah. any of those organizations went nonprofit, they went nowhere. Yeah. And after they did, that's when their numbers started to grow because they had other resources available to help generate those numbers. 
And so that's where I'm already in the process. I'm already traveling down that road. Uh, what's it, what's that going to mean? You know, if somebody buys a license or a race director uh, is a, a member of the NARS, you know, they can write that off. And uh, I want to make it easier to do more pub- publicity. Yeah. And that's the way to go through that and get the support of other agencies. And you, know, you simply can't do that as a for-profit agency. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm very excited about that. I think there's a big opportunity there. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, it's all you have to do is look at all the other platforms, you know, cycling, running, whatever, triathlon, and follow their lead and see that that's where their growth came from. And they'll tell you that too. Huh. Uh, but but beyond that, some of my goals are to continue to, you know, bring awareness to the environmental causes that I'm passionate about, uh, that we're passionate about, and uh, certainly Belize is a big one. So one of the one of the cool things about 2016, Randy, is that every team, that elite team that races, is going to have a canoe donated to the Friends of Conservation Development Rangers in Belize. Okay. And the team's name is going to remain on the canoe. Uh, hmm. Then the FCD is going to use guided canoe trips as a sustainable platform for uh, creating revenue for the rangers and also as an educational platform. Uh, right now, currently, there's only one small company that does guiding in Belize, and they only have a few canoes. Uh, hmm. So what will enable... Or what we're enabling them to do is to one have uh, a continued steady uh, revenue source, and then also to help them use that as an educational platform because tourism is is just growing so fast in Belize compared to three years ago. I've seen it double every year, oh. and uh, so I'm very excited about that. That's another you know one of our goals is to have that locked down. Uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to produce that race probably for another eight years, every other year, once yeah. every other year. So, um, those are some of our goals just to continue yeah. to work on that. We donate a lot of money to the friends of friends of Ohio Powell state park, friends of different parks and locations. And, uh, you know, I think, I think that's what you have to do. You have to give back. Yeah. 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 I really want to increase, uh, the sponsorships for the, for the NARS um, races that are prestige races. So what we do is we, we gather, we get all this swag together, uh, like $50,000 worth last year from companies like Solomon, you know, from Princeton Tech, from Mammut, uh, just really good companies, and uh, Liberty Bottle Works. And then we share that product, Darn Tough Socks, with all of our prestige races. So I want to continue to grow that because I think it's important that we use the opportunity that we have to give back to our athletes and our race directors. And that's a direct, that's a direct um, impact that we can have is when you send a box with $5,000 worth of gear to a race director, well, that's something. Yeah. You know? yeah. um, so we're going to continue to work on that and try to grow those relationships so that we can be a more meaningful provider for our race directors. Yeah. That's a that's a nice way of doing it. So, um, so by going becoming a nonprofit, does that is that sort of de facto like a is that the next step towards being a national body and the national teams and world championships? Blah blah, you know, going down I, that road. I certainly think that if that's your goal, and if your goal yeah. is to grow the sport, then that's the way you have to go. Okay, does that answer your question? Yeah. You know, because so. you look at it, man. I was up, I was up at uh, New York last weekend for the Naira Longest Day Race. Mm-hmm. Fantastic organization, really great athletes there. I really enjoyed doing that race. Definitely hurt me. Uh, and you know what? I, I'm there and I'm looking around the room and I'm seeing a lot of the same faces. Yeah. And that's common in adventure racing. That's not good for us. So, like, like I said earlier, if we continue to do what we've always done in the sport, we're going to get what we've always got. We need new growth. We need an infusion of young blood. And it's out there. Believe me. It's out there. Yeah. We're just not reaching them. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. I, I, that, that's the good and the bad to me of adventure racing is you go to the race and you get to see all your friends. Right. But that's... You want to make some new friends. That's a good way of putting it. Yes, you exactly. Know? So. 
Well, my goal is to help all of us race directors make new friends. Yeah. So, um, so, so did you race last weekend? Yeah, man. I so, raced up at Naira. I raced with uh, Aaron and John, the Korean brothers from Rev3, and Julia Pollock and myself combined mm -hmm. to put a team together. I race every year. Do you? Yeah. And that was my question is how much are you still still racing? Just... Not enough. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my my uh I'm still pretty fit. I think we took third last week and I'm proud that I can still go out and compete. Yeah. But my body's been through a lot between being a soldier and a paratrooper and racing professionally for those years. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a lot. I'm so blessed to have the health that I have and I'm still reasonably fast. So um, more than anything, it's important for me as the founder of the NARS to get out there and do a different race. Last year I did gung ho down in uh, Eastern Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. another great race organization. Those guys do a great job. Yeah. Uh, so it's really important to me. I feel I have a responsibility to the other race directors and to the NARS to keep, keep blood and sweat, you know, in the game. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you say whatever you want. If you're not a racer, you don't have that perspective. And, uh, yeah. hell, I enjoy it. I, I, that race hurt me worse than any <laughs> race I have ever done. I suffered and whined, but, yeah. uh, I pushed through, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I'm really grateful for that memory now. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you gotta yeah. walk, walk to walk if you're going to talk to talk, right? I'm, I'm trying to be that man. I, yeah. I appreciate your, your words because that's totally how I feel. And I'm trying to be that. Yeah. See, I kind of sometimes feel a little guilty because I, I have not ever been an adventure racer. Um, I would I'm, never guess that. Well, I did a lot of uh, 24 hour mountain bike stuff. I mean, you know, I actually won a master's world champion. Nice. Trail running. Just, you know, you I have that. Put... My background is just an endurance. I was never fast, but I could always go. Yeah, but but I always feel that I can relate to the athletes because because I've been yeah. I've been there. Yeah, and and suffering, I still suffering is suffering. Exactly. You know? <laughs> you know, and quite honestly, it's always fun. Like, you know, I'll be out and somebody says, "How come you don't race? You know, you're just you're out here, you're doing great." And I'm like, "Dude, it's day three. You know, you've been on your feet for thirty, you know, seventy two hours, and I've yeah. I've been out here, but I haven't been on my feet the whole time." So right, right. <laughs> Yeah, let's uh, let's keep it real. But so, no, I think um, it's important, really, for race directors to race. Um, like I said, I just talking with Tom Gibbs, and he said it's just really, you know, for him being a racer at a high level and seeing, knowing what racers want is really important. Yeah. So. And you know that's ever evolving. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. The sport has changed a lot with. But, I mean, it used to be everything was linear. All the racing was linear. Yeah. Now it's mostly Rogaine. Yeah. And uh, I try to combine the races that I produce where you'll be linear for a while, and then you'll go Rogaine, and you'll be linear for a while. Uh, I still want it to feel like a race. Yeah. And uh, it's it's just a lot of different strategies now, which is why young guys like Brian Mayer are having so much success. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he learned from one of the best, too, Scott Pleban. Uh He had that advantage being – you know, Scott being the senior statesman, the elder statesman as, as a, uh, an adventure racer, and Brian being the young gun on Team SOG, he got to really learn and see how it's done, yeah. you know? And uh, to Brian's credit, he's a very hardworking, uh, talented racer. And I expect, you know, I expect more great things out of him. Yeah. So other than Belize, is there any place you'd really like to to? Do race, do a race or two, or someplace different that you haven't. Yeah. Okay, you just don't want to say. I'm not telling you. It's, <laughs> it's already on my radar, dude. I will tell okay. you, it's in North America. <laughs> okay. Well, that narrows it down. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean that's that's kind of important to to have. I mean, a race director needs goals too. Yeah. My here's here's my number one priority: grow the sport. Yeah. Period. Yeah. If, if 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 people ask me that question a thousand different ways, the answer is going to be the same. Grow the sport. Yeah, I, I I hear what you're saying, and quite honestly, for me, it helps me out. Sure, <laughs> so both I, of us. Yeah, you know, we're, we're both we're, this we're mutually beneficial to each other. You know. Yeah. Uh, it, we've talked about working together for a long time, and we really are. So. You know, so yeah. we're just going to find ways to do it more, Randy. That's all. 
yeah, it's just uh, it's, it's yeah, the the synergy, whatever you want to call it, the yeah. the thing. Yeah, it's it's all we're all in this together. Yep. So I agree. Yeah. All right. So let's um, let's get back to you a little bit. I, I suppose you probably don't like talking about yourself, but too bad. Okay. <laughs> um, have you ever raced with JD? Yeah. Yeah, actually I did. I did. Uh, I think it was a national championship we raced together. I think it was with Sue Faldi. Okay. And if, if I know it was a, it was a 24 hour race. That's what it was. Yeah. And with, uh, I did two with him. I did one with him and Sue. And I think I did one with him and Kristen Diefenbach down in Georgia, which was a fun race. So, all right. Give me, give me a little bit of dirt on JD. Cause he's, <laughs> I'm going to, he's going to be out in a couple of weeks. <laughs> there's, you know, there's really not much. Uh, he, he can get ornery when he's tired and, you know, yeah, I can see that <laughs> and, uh, hungry, but I can tell you that racing with him other than on, on that particular, particular day in Georgia, his nav didn't start out too good. It really came around strong in the end. Yeah. But, uh, there's a lot of positivity and he's a fun guy. JD is a fun guy, man. That's, yeah. you know, when I think about him, that's what I think about. And uh, so that's my experience. I don't have any real dirt to give on him. I'm trying to think. Uh, he's a gear hound, man. I'll tell you yeah. that. Yeah. He is a gear hound. That guy is always on whatever's new. I mean, he looks like something right out of a secret special agent film or something. Yeah. But uh, really nice guy, really intelligent guy, thoughtful, a funny guy. The guy likes to laugh. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you look at what he's done in the sport, it's pretty damn impressive. Yeah. He's a... He, um, I don't want to say sound bad, but he almost looks like a joke. Yeah, just I know what I you mean, mean. But but yeah, if you look at what he's done, it's like yeah, you know, pretty impressive. Yeah, he's got those bony little chicken legs. You can tell him I said that. Okay, I will. But those, well, my but those my favorite thing is him through a lot. The guy's an army ranger. You know, it's, yeah, that's no easy task. Yeah, we joked all last year before Costa Rica about having eating breakfast somewhere together in a race because we ended up doing that in switzerland on yeah. the top of a mountain yeah well we didn't have breakfast but we had a buffet dinner at tortugo oh with him and too. yeah those guys all pulled in at like six fifty-five, and they started serving buffet at seven so oh nice we had a pretty good laugh about that i, I know the guy can wolf down some food after a race man yes exactly. don't get your hands near his mouth <laughs> so um Here's something that actually, I can't. I should remember who asked me to ask this. But when you started racing, was there anybody that you kind of uh, used as a role model or looked to say, "God, I'd like to be like him," or her, or her? Yeah, you know what? I, like I say, if you remember at that time, there were so many elite fast teams. Mm -hmm. I mean, on that series, and that was a very, very tough competition. Uh, people were getting paid. Yep. There were bonuses. Everything was televised. So we came out, you know, with, I wouldn't say elbows up, but there was no joke. You were racing for a reason. You weren't, you weren't out there. It, you had to be responsible to your sponsor. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I got to race Bob Schultz from Balance Bar. was one of the best guys I've ever met. Mm -hmm. Is one of the best guys I've ever met. Awesome guy. And uh, always a gentleman in competition. Uh, you know, I love uh, Karen Lundgren. She's mm -hmm. racing with Technu now. Yep. And no, no, no. She's with uh, uh, Peak. Oh, that's right. Thank yeah. you. And, uh, you know, Karen, always a tough competitor, always mm -hmm. a lady, yep. always a warm smile, you know, on the race course. And, uh, you know, I really learned a lot from my teammates, Toby Angove, who, you know, is still to this day one of the strongest athletes on the planet. You know, what he did at the J Challenge has never been matched and it never will be matched. And uh, just an all-around uh, good good racer. Um, but, you know, mostly I learned from my, my own personal experiences and uh, how, I, how I dissect them and, and, you know, accept them, good and bad. Um, that's where most of my learning has come from. Yeah. But there are a lot of people. I mean, Danelle Ballinger is one of the 
while she's kicking your ass sideways, one of the sweetest people you're ever <laughs> you're ever gonna meet on yeah. a race course. You know, it's hard yeah. when when you're you know you're second or you're third, and she goes running by you like you're standing still, and and she's towing two two hundred pound guys. Yeah, uh, Bob Schultz and Her- Harold Zendel. And she taps you on the shoulder and says, you're doing great. You know, it's like, oh, really? (laughs) Seriously? But, uh, you know, a lot of amazing characters and a lot of amazing personalities that I'm very grateful for. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, and this, okay, here's the, here's our good and bad part about adventure racing. So, you know, you've been, you know, talking about JD, I'm talking with him next week. And actually, Danelle is, I'm talking with her on Friday. Nice. So, I, and, and part of that is, um. And you're kind of in that, you, you kind of cover a lot of different areas, but um, none of that history of those days is anywhere. Yeah. And it's hard to say, well, it's history because it wasn't that long ago, but, you know, there's there's nothing out there about what Balance Bar did and the high-tech series. And, right. And so. You know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking very much considering something that uh, Chris Call, who used to design the uh, Primal Quest race courses. Mm-hmm. Oh, Chris. Yeah, and he really has been pushing me to launch the uh, Adventure Racing Hall of Fame. And yeah. when you th- when you think about racers like Mike Closer, yep. you know, like Ian Adamson, yep. like Robin Benacasa, yep. uh, and the enormous impact that they had, not only in the sport, but socially. Yeah. I think that, you know, like John... Uh, I think that there's definitely a place for that. And yeah. I think that, that that's something that I'm interested in pursuing moving forward. It should be, you know, Mike Closure said, and I believe him that adventure racing on TV was the start of reality television. Oh, it absolutely was. Yeah. So uh, you have to understand that the most powerful producer in Hollywood yep. is Mark Burnett. Yep. Yeah. The voice, the apprentice survivor, contender yeah. all mark burnett yep if he puts his stamp on something he can choose any network he wants yeah and he does this is a guy who was a british soldier who was an adventure racer who came to the states and produced the first eco challenge his yeah. it was the most watched documentary in discovery channel history his next show was survivor mm-hmm. i mean i think a couple of us have seen that or heard of it yeah you know? Yep. Uh, amazing what that man has done. Yeah. And he, he literally was uh, a British paratrooper who was an adventure racer who became a U.S. citizen. And now he is the, I think, probably the biggest producer in pop television. Pop oh, culture. yeah. Obvi- yeah. Yeah. And if you're listening, Mark, you can be on the podcast anytime you want. <laughs> <laughs> so I have had uh, some, some uh, contacts looking, trying to make that happen but uh i think he might be a little bit busy for for our I little thing that, and i think he's just on a different path in life yeah you know is. i don't think he you know people like to say that he forgot about adventure race and this that and the other i think he's just a smart businessman yeah and yeah. i think that he's just doing what he's passionate about i think he's that kind of guy yeah, yeah. and whatever he does whatever mark burnett puts his finger on he's, he's gonna kick it in the ass well who else could get religious tv on you know, yeah. Bible stories on TV. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Right. Pretty, pretty amazing thing that he does. Yeah. But it still would be fun to say, ask him about how he did it. That's, that's how he did it. I remember I had just come back from uh, the United Kingdom. I was training at the British tactical wing and some of the guys there knew him. And I came back and I had this thing in my mailbox from the first eco challenge. And it was yeah. a very well done uh, brochure that he was sending around to athletes. And I called him up. I can't re- remember exactly where his, his home office was. I want to say Arizona, but it might have been Nevada. Yeah. And uh, we talked for an hour. And I got off the phone and I thought, you know what? I don't know if this race is going to be any good, but this guy's going to be damn successful. So, yeah. You know, he's got that kind of energy. And, and well, what, what the race did was it changed, changed the sport. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, that's where everybody heard about it. And it became a thing. Right. And this is where all it's where all the people that are racing now came from. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's. Uh, well, you'll see when you watch the Maya Mountain Adventure Challenge that he definitely influenced me. So, that uh, yeah, we'll look. We'll be looking for that. Any uh, idea when that's going to be on? 
No, you know, there's so much going on with distribution on that right yeah. now. Uh, that's the big thing. People don't understand the, the probably the easiest part is getting the damn thing filmed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a hell of a story. I'm very proud of what the film crew did. And uh, I'm very excited to share it with, with everybody. But uh, right now it's in distribution. There's a lot going on. I can tell you that. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. It's very exciting. So, well, cool. That'll be that'll be be good to see. So, um, all right. I got two. No, I got three more questions. <laughs> so, um, and this is one because people like this. What was your worst and best six hours of racing in your career? The worst six hours, you know, it's hard is when you have people who are tired, people who are uh, arguing, uh, the negativity creeps in on day two, you know, mm-hmm. you're hungry, you're lost. And uh, for me, it would be losing faith. That would be the hardest thing. Yeah. Uh, the best six hours would be six hours that got me closer to a cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> well, honey, you, you know the you know the deal in the end you just want to eat anything yep, you don't care yep. it's like you know let's but I, get I, there. i've seen some beautiful country man beautiful and you're just out there with your teammates and to be able to share that mm-hmm. i i could say renting you know winning big races but that wouldn't be true you know yeah i i mean i think and a lot of people have said that it's the fact that you're going somewhere where you maybe never been right and the race director always takes you to the best area yeah the stuff you'd never find on your own. Yeah, that's like in, in Belize. They got to see what took us two years to explore. They got to see in three days. Yeah. You know, yeah. we just tied it together. But, so that's cool. So here, okay, one last question then. When you're racing, even if you start packing a month before the race, are you still packing your gear the night before you leave? I'm always packing my gear the night before I leave. <laughs> I know, you know, like Toby... Is so thoughtful. He goes, Brian, they go down this checklist. They put two of the same item beside each other and pick which one. I throw my stuff in a Tupperware, and I don't even know if I have everything for the race when I leave. Yeah. I've been doing it for a long time. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's not a lot of thought that goes into packing. Uh, I know I'm, I'm, which pack I'm using, which knife I'm carrying, which compass is going to be on there, what food I'm eating and drinking. You know, there's not a lot of I'm I'm not very thoughtful about it anymore because I have a lot of experience doing it. Yeah, I I hear you, and I I've heard that from other people too. But but generally, to a person, everybody is the same way. They're they're packing the night before they get on the plane. Yeah, so it's it's good to know we're all like that. Yeah, right. I just think that we know how to be out in the woods. Yeah, exactly. So, well, cool. Well, let's um. We'll, we'll uh, finish up the podcast, and then we'll talk about our double secret probation. How's that sound? Okay, sounds good, Randy. Thanks okay. for everything. So we always close it with, uh, you know, go fast and take chances and, and have yeah. fun. I so. like that. Go fast, be strong. Exactly. All right.
Shot of whiskey to the stage, possibly, please. Shot of Jameson for the keyboard player. So I hear there's a happy birthday in order tonight. Is Aaron here? Has Aaron made it yet? Aaron, birthday boy, birthday girl. Is that right there, Aaron? Make well, yourself available. Happy birthday, y'all. Whoever's birthday it is. Mm -hmm. 
Others oh, the birthdays in the house. That's there right there? Well, this song's for you then. Happy birthday.